Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chris Pinto. With me is the Belly Up Fantasy crew. Today we've got Tom Houston and our new lead writer for Belly Up Fantasy Sports, Ryan Hicks. How are y'all doing tonight, guys? Having a good night. How about you, Chris? Man, I can't complain. As Ryan knows, uh, Texas had some bad weather here to roll through us. Um, we all made it through. Everything was good. Um Really can't complain. Sunshine now. It's like 105 degrees outside. So it's Texas again. Uh, Houston, what were you up to today, man? Yeah, I decided I uh, had to travel a couple hours and lay some sod. You know, being a college kid with these summer jobs, you got to find a job that make pretty good money so you can slack a little bit during the school year. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to be back here tonight talking some uh, AFC North course dan and zach had a little couple issues dan was busy and zach who knows what he ate uh he's not feeling the best but yeah i'm glad to have ryan on here it's gonna be a good one yeah that's why we got him on here uh we've got a lot to talk about tonight guys we've got a special guest from fangirl sports covering the pittsburgh steelers lindell whirling she's gonna join us here pretty soon and talk about the steelers nation uh hashtag here we go um we're going to, like Houston said, we're going to examine the AFC North, the fantasy-relevant players from each roster. At the end of the stream, Houston's going to talk about something that we've got going on behind the scenes that Ryan's been helping out with as well, and he'll give us some input as, on that. Uh, thank you for supporting us, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, before we jump into everything, though, if you like our stream, you like what we're talking about, you like fantasy sports, go check, up the, go check out the rest of the Belly Up Sports Talk lineup. We've got Last Minute of Play. A World Without Sports, Around for the Weekend, The Hard Court Honeys, Corner Booth Podcast, and then our own Zach Mack, who's a little under the weather, though. He uh, he hosts Putt Putt Pass. They had a really good show the other day. I enjoyed it. He's always rocking a new hat, so y'all got to follow that. Uh, use the hashtag bust and see what you're missing. Uh, yeah, Ryan. I'm actually going to be on Hard Court Honeys tomorrow night. Are you really? Yeah, I'm going to be on it tomorrow night. You and Jaden Tyler? Taylor. Yes, Tyler. There you go. That should be pretty good. Y'all tune into that tomorrow night. Hardcore honeys from Belly Up Sports. Um, let's jump into some of this opening news that we've been hearing about. Let's all talk about the new EA Sports 
I guess, contract that they've had with the NFL. Uh, Houston, you had some numbers on that. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love Madden. My buddy, we've been, we play franchises all the time, you know, fantasy draft, just like, you know, have, have, have the guys you want, play play year after year. I can never beat them in the Super Bowl, but that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> EA decided they partnered back up in uh, NFL Madden through 2026, and it's, I think they said about $1 billion will go to the NFL, and then there's going to be $500 million that will go within the players that are probably on the front cover or you load up the game, they're catching the football, making a pass. I'm, yeah, there's a lot of money put in this. Madden makes a lot of money, and they want to continue with that uh, partnership there. That's amazing. Ryan, do you have anything to add to that? Man, I really wanted to see 2K get a shot at getting uh, a – I mean, personal opinion, I haven't been playing Madden as much as I did back in the day, but I honestly think they, they could have – competition's good, and I would like to see two football franchises out so we could maybe – whichever one's better, we'll do better. I don't know, Tom, did you see this on Twitter – there was the live, or not live, I guess it was just an EA simulation of the whole 2020 season, and it was the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brady Lamar. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but I was pretty hyped when I saw Lamar on there. But did you guys see what happened after that? The fact that these players are saying, you can't simulate the Super Bowl? Really? I did not see that. you got players that are jumping in. They're saying they're going to play it, and guess what? Mr. Young from the San Francisco 49ers said, I don't know much about this Madden game, but I know about football. That's I think fair. it's going to be really interesting with that. But I will say, I think what happened to that is pretty good. Tom, yeah, I think Ryan's right. I was ready for 2K. <laughs> Tom, let's keep it going with you, though. Uh, we were talking about some of the new rule changes that were going on with the NFL. Can you give some insight on that? Yeah, so you know, three big rule changes this year. Uh, well, one just kind of being a continuation. So uh, the first one being that we did continue the automatic review on scoring plays, uh, et cetera. You know, nothing exciting there. But the big ones being they expanded the defenseless player protection on kickoffs and punt returns uh, for somebody that's in possession of the ball but hasn't been able to avoid or ward off contact from an opponent. So Big on punt returns, really. You're not going to see those massive shots from guys that can't get ready for a hit on a punt return. Uh, the other one, though, you know, we saw this a couple times last year. Bill Belichick kind of started it and then got a little uh, butt hurt about it, if you will, uh, later in the year. They have prevented teams from manipulating the game clock using multiple dead ball fouls when the clock's running. So you can't just commit fouls to keep the clock running in that fourth quarter uh, just to get the clock to, to burn off. So it's going to be interesting. You know, that was kind of a loophole that Belichick created and had used against him later in the season. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty funny. Ryan, you have anything to add to that? From I, mean, a I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like – any of the changes because the changes they made recently didn't seem to work that well. So I, we'll see. I mean, I think we'll, we're, we're going to get to see soon uh, how, how effective it is. I will say good news is that we did remove, I'm not sure. I think everyone saw it. It's kind of old news at this point. We did remove the replay of pass interference. 
That's a big one. I think that was a stupid rule. Saints fans, I'm sorry, but you, you can't just review every pass interference call that happens. I saw something where one of the analysts was saying that it's a good thing they got it removed because people don't want to watch the same thing over and over just to see the same outcome over and over again. Fire Al River on. <laughs> they were talking about doing a sky judge, and I thought that was kind of an interesting concept. I would like to see a sky judge type of a scenario happen uh, because, you know, you can't have plays like what happened in New Orleans happen. That Something has to be done about that, and they tried something, maybe another way. Uh, I think a sky judge is a move in the right direction. Houston? I right. Yeah, I would agree. I mean – I'll be honest, if my personal favorite team, Bears, if they were playing in that NFC championship game and something like that happened, dude, I would I I can't blame the Saints fans for acting the way they did. You know, some it's it's a win now league. I mean, you you when you're good, you gotta win now. I mean, there's teams that are good, but you know, some teams I Saints had a good shot that year. And for that kind of stuff to happen, it just sucks, you know. So, yeah, P.I., I thought it was a big problem with the offensive pass interference being yeah. challenged. I, you know, there was one, I, I was watching a Vikings-Packers game, and I think Dalvin Cook went out for a pass, like, up and around the tackle, and one of the linebackers came and, like, bumped him. Well, it was a touchdown for the Vikings, and they called offensive pass interference on Dalvin Cook after a review from the Packers. And that that kind of stuff is just uh, – i that's probably why they got rid of it, because of the challenges of the offensive pass interference. Because I don't think the success rate on the defensive pass interference being challenged was very high whatsoever. But, uh, yeah, huh. I like the sky judge idea, though. Yeah, not to go on a rant. Al Riveron just absolutely screwed that last year. The problem was the guy refused to accept that there was a new rule that questioned the guys on the field. He said, my guys are going to get it right no matter what the call, and he refused to turn them over. You'll see, I mean, Pat McAfee was a massive, massive supporter of this, that Al Riveron got every single one of those calls wrong. But, again, I'm not going to keep going about it. It is what it is. That's done. Sky Judge would be a great idea, though. It is frustrating, though, because how many times last season were you watching the review and thinking, this is getting overturned, and it didn't? And then how many times you were like, there's nothing here, and they called the penalty? That got really frustrating really quick. They were not good or consistent in what they were doing. Yep. I 100% agree with all you guys. Sounds like there's a lot of smack talking going on between fans and things like that. Uh, Speaking of smack talk, Commemorate your league winner in the best possible way, guys. There is no other company in the business that does it better than Trophy Smack. They create trophies of all sizes, belts, and rings with a variety of colors, along with free engraving and free shipping. And now you can get a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or belt. Just use the code BELLYUP, the promo code BELLYUP. So click on your Trophy Smack link on Twitter or Facebook or just go to smack.com, or I'm sorry, trophysmack.com, and use the promo code BELLYUP for your order today. Thank you for supporting us, guys. We love Trophy Smack. We're all about it. We're going to use them this year. Uh, it should be pretty fun. Moving on to the AFC North, though, guys. I told you all last week we will be 
changing what we do here. Uh, obviously, right now, we don't have the original five Power Rangers. We have a substitute in the White Ranger, Ryan Hicks, with the white shirt right now. <laughs> but tonight starts off our kickoff for new guests coming on the show. People from around the community of fantasy football, as everyone's seeing right now, the Scott Fish Bowl, uh, the fantasy community is huge. People love each other. Uh, we're just going back and forth supporting everybody. We're going to bring in some big names over the course of the summer that have liked us, that have supported us, that want to see us grow. Uh, and I want to talk to them, get us you know, their input on some of this stuff. Tonight, we've got a great guest. Uh, tonight, we've got a special guest joining us. You may have seen her on Face the Truth with Vivica Fox or Good Morning La La Land. To us, she's famous for her coverage of the Pittsburgh Steelers with Fangirl Sports. But to my wife, she's a renowned wardrobe stylist, fashion blogger, and what I've come to know as just an all-around nice person. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Lindell Whirling. Thank you. I found my terrible towel. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you doing? I'm excited to be here. It is wonderful to join you guys. It is fantastic to talk about football and let's hope it's not a fantasy. Let's hope it is a pastime we've come to enjoy again here soon. Oh my gosh. Guys, I cannot tell y'all how impressive this lady is. Uh, I did a little bit of research on her and she's more than an onion. I mean, she's more than just fangirl sports and Pittsburgh Steelers coverage that gives me James Conner pictures and things like that. She's amazing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all need to take some wardrobe advice from her. I've watched all of her videos on YouTube. Uh, she has a great podcast that's, come, that's out right now. Uh, Lindell, let me ask you one thing real quick. How'd you get wrapped up in football and what brought you to fangirl sports? These are both fun stories for me to tell. My dad is from Pittsburgh. My step-grandfather played for the Steelers a long, long time ago before it was the NFL, when it was the AFL. So I grew up on Steeler football. I grew up in San Diego, but the Chargers were new at the time. I was born in the 70s. You can tell me I don't look it. I'd appreciate it. Just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's how we spent time as a family on Sundays. And my dad loved the Steelers, had the old school Iron City beer cans across the top of the TV. And that's what we did as a family a lot of the time on the weekends in the fall. As far as joining the Fangirl Sports Network, it's a long story, but to make it short, our amazing founder, Tracy Sandler, was starting to get covered in a bunch of publications in Los Angeles where she lives. And I reached out to her. And one of the things that Tracy does is talks to players and gets five fun facts about them. I emailed her and said, here's five fun facts about why I should be your Steelers fan, girl. And Tracy is on a first name basis with all of the Niners, the team that she covers. And John Lynch, the general manager, is someone I went to grade school with. So I finished it with the hook. I told her I can give you some fun facts about John Lynch that not a lot of people know. And it was somewhat of a bluff because it was grade school. But at least it got an answer and we established a friendship. And it, it blossomed into this, which is such a fun, big part of my life these days. That is amazing. Uh, if y'all who are viewing us have never heard of Lindell Whirling, Google her. She's amazing. Follow her on Twitter. 
She gets you the best Steelers coverage. Uh, her story kind of reminds me of This Is Us, which I'm a fan <laughs> of. I watch it every every Monday or Tuesday, I guess, on NBC <laughs> when it's out. But, Linda, let's talk about your Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFC North, some of the fantasy-relevant players there. Uh, last year, unfortunately, Big Ben didn't finish out the season, but mm-hmm. everything says that he's coming back. He's going to be at full strength. Uh, and he's going to be an asset to Juju, James, Deontay. Let let us know what you've got up from the insider point of view. That is such a key point. We really had a hard time last season without Ben. It was a rotation of quarterbacks, and we are delighted. We are ecstatic and just so hopeful to have him back. And I think that's the crux of how our offense is going to move forward this year. The second challenge that we had last year that I think people have a recency and a memory of, especially with fantasy, is Antonio Brown's absence really left a void between Ben's departure and between Mason and then the Duck Dynasty experiment. There was was a lot of stuff on the offensive line that was just challenging. And this year with Ben back, He understands that offense. He is really key to it, not just because he's talented, but the lifetime career that he's had there, the synergy and the leadership when it was Mason and Duck. And then it was back to like, okay, we've got Mason for a few games. There just wasn't that continuity. And I think that leadership starts at the top and having him back is just going to make that whole team feel so much more at ease. I 100% agree with that. Last week we were talking about just the chemistry and the locker room aspect of everything and how much that actually plays into leading a team and being vocal and saying what you can say in the locker room or on the field and just getting the guys that can get behind you. Um, I mentioned this earlier, Lindell, the James Conner back picture. I mean, what was going on with that? Dude looks like he's <laughs> a rock right now. And he does. He's not big in stature, but I mean – The picture says otherwise. Those pictures are simply amazing. And James has a book that's coming out in a couple of weeks. This is his first book. And he is four years past his cancer diagnosis and recovery timeline. And he says in his latest Instagram post, my biggest, you know, kind of obstacle was me. I'm getting stronger than I was. And he's taking it very seriously. And one of the other aspects towards where James Conner is coming up is he was injured a lot in these past two years, even though he was a 2019 Pro Bowl selection, he was injured a lot. And I think that internally he's representing to himself a vision that says that's not going to happen again this year. And this is going to be a year because he's coming into a contract year. He's going to be a free agent that all of that determination and that alignment is really serious to him. And I just, I am so hopeful that that happens for him. I love his spirit. I love his soul. I love the pictures. <laughs> and I love what he does on the field too. There's a few running backs that I like better than James Conner's story. I mean, James Conner is a narrative. Josh Jacobs being one, everyone knows that I love Josh Jacobs. Go SEC. Uh, that's one. <laughs> but James Conner has an amazing story. He's got a great narrative. He's a great guy. I mean, he's from Pitt. I mean, like he's your guy through and through. How do you feel about Anthony McFarlane Jr., Lindell? I like him. I like what we did in the draft this year. 
And every year it's kind of a question. Last year, I thought we should have taken a safety. I was glad that we did this year, but we definitely need more on that offensive line. And having deeper weapons is going to be great because we were thin there last year too. And that was, that was a little bit painful. And Mike Tomlin likes competition. He always says, if it's not there, I'm going to introduce it. And he likes bringing in these new players and making them prove themselves. He likes having them be on special teams. And we have that phrase in Pittsburgh, the standard is the standard. So I have great hopes for McFarland that he is going to fit in and he's going to be a contributor and we could certainly use it. Speaking of that depth and getting playmakers, I suppose, I mean, Chase Claypool coming into that wide receiver core. I mean, the dude is a monster tight end wide receiver, whatever you want to call him. Like you were saying about Mike Tomlin making a player a player, I guess. Along with Juju, who's going to have a bounce back year? I I know he is. I know Juju's going to have a bounce back year with Ben there. But you have Deontay Johnson as well uh, and Chase Claypool now. Lindell, what are your thoughts and your insider information on that Steelers wide receiver core? Well, um, by way of background, sounds like you are an SEC guy, Chris. I am a Pac-12 guy. Girl, I, uh, I, <laughs> I've had season tickets for USC football since I went there. And no, Michael I had, Jr. Yes, I was, I was wondering where he was going to end up. Uh, with respect to Juju, he came into the league. He kind of took it by storm. He had a tremendous rookie season. You know, last year, a part of that problem was he just didn't get the touches. So he had about 70 last year. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say he's going to get a lot more. He has tremendous chemistry with Ben Roethlisberger. They've been out practicing together. I guess that's in the news. And I think Juju is going to be tremendous for fantasy because he's going to have a lot more um, this year that he has in play. And a couple of things that I like in addition to Juju's actual talent on the field. For those of you that don't know, his second career is comedian. He is hilarious on social media. He is outstanding. But again, that's yes. What I like about it, Bougie. Bougie has an agent, by the way. Is that crazy or is that crazy? Pretty crazy. (laughs) I like Juju's attitude. He he tweets things like, "I know we're all down when we started off not winning last year." And it's that spirit that keeps people tied together. When the controversy with Antonio Brown came up, Juju never really addressed that with a pushback. He said, simply keep your emotions off the internet. And he has that kid fun spirit. He works hard, but he also has that inner joy. And and there's a lot to that because there's a lot of hard work getting ready for the season. The disappointments when your quarterback is out, when you get a bad call, But Juju, if you saw last year when he was mic'd up, he's hilarious. And the team needs all those players. They need the strong guy like Connor that's like, I face my mortality. I understand what that's like. They need Juju, too, to just bring the smile. We know when we smile, we're happy. So we need that energy across the offensive front. That's the whole team chemistry thing, Lindell. You're amazing. That's awesome. Let me know what you think, though, and guys chime in too because it's been a it's been on weighing on my mind. Eric Ebron, Vance McDonald, Vance McDonald is an animal. I mean, I just remember watching him last season on Monday night, I think, and he had two guys draped over him, stiff armed a linebacker, and still made a fifteen yard first down. I mean, dude is crazy good. And then they bring in Eric Ebron, who is, you know, for the 
Colts, a touchdown machine, just a ball hawk in the end zone. What's What do you think about that? I think we need more depth at tight end. That position got a little bit thin. And, you know, if we look back in recent memory, we had some amazing players, you know, the Heath Millers and the Heinz Ward. So that position is really so subject to injury. So having a really solid player come join the team who's excited to be there, having Vance there as well. And, you know, just really giving us some additional weapons. I mean, they're even saying Chase Claypool could potentially fit in there. He has that size, he has that speed, and he's a blocker. He likes doing that work. So I feel a lot more positivity around that position this year. And, you know, you just, you can't ever have too many tight ends. They can be so multifunctional if you have a coordinator that knows how to use them and you have a Ben Roethlisberger that can just dump it off and he's going to come down with it and he's going to get us a first down. That's Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. That's true, Ryan. I saw that you were, you wanted to say something when she said something about Chase Claypool. Yeah, hey, I'm a big Irish fan. I'm surprised you like Claypool being four five. Maybe made me an Irish fan. Yeah, uh, I like Claypool, but for tight ends, what I was thinking about, Ebron's going to be the guy you want to own in fantasy. I think uh, McDonald is a better NFL player than he is a fantasy player. He, he's maxed out so far at four touchdowns in a season. I mean, when you're looking at tight ends, touchdowns are huge. Uh, there's not that many thousand-yard tight ends. So if you can find one that's going to get some touchdowns, and Ebron has proven he can get those touchdowns, I think that as far as fantasy purposes go, Ebron is the guy you want to get exposure to in uh, Pittsburgh this year. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. My brother went to Notre Dame, so we have that rivalry. It's it's pretty fun because no matter what the Trojans do, my brother always says, OJ would be proud. (laughs) Then you're quiet. (laughs) Houston, Tom, you want to add anything to that? She gave us a really good in-depth breakdown of everything. I mean – Honestly, I think that, you know, you look at Chase Claypool, he can line up inside or outside. I think he can, he can fit into that tight end scheme. He has the size, he has the strength, but he also has the speed and agility to be a wide receiver. You know, you look inside, you look at Vance McDonald, the man is strong. You look at last year when he absolutely obliterated Chris Conti against the Buccaneers, put him into the ground, right? You know, he, he can be an inline guy and he can run over somebody when needed. Eric Ebron, I don't know if personally, I kind of wonder if he might get kind of left out just in the sense that if you have three guys that can line up at tight end, he might be the odd one out as he doesn't have 
necessarily that full blocking scheme. He, he's not the best blocker in the world. Uh, and he's more of just an outside guy. He can run around. Great. But if you have the flexibility to chase Claypool, will you see Claypool run him over and take over those, those touches and those snaps? Could be. Absolutely. It, fantasy news on ESPN said about Ebron, I thought it was a little harsh, but it's all about the numbers, right? They said he has regressed to the mean from his best season. And I'm telling you, that's not what I want to hear, but your point is well taken that, you know, we've seen what happens in Pittsburgh when you make a team not multidimensional. You know, we had one game where it was like running the wildcat the whole game to Benny Snell. It just, we need to have a true NFL, very flexible, very powerful strategy there. And we saw what happened when we didn't have it. Yeah. I I love Ebron. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great player. I almost think he would have been better suited for a team like Carolina or if you didn't take Claypool with that second tight end position that he doesn't have that third guy that's kind of chomping at the, at the bit to, to take over his, his spot. But yes, I, I noted. Noted. To, opportunity to really shine. But. To add to Lindell's point about the depth, though, last season Pittsburgh ran 11 personnel 70% of the time. That's crazy. 11 personnel. They had no 12 personnel on the field. So adding Ebron, adding Chase Claypool, who can pretty much do anything, but I think adding the Ebron factor just adds that depth to Vance McDonald, like you were adding, I guess. But as we've seen, 12 personnel is the way to go in the NFL right now, and the NFL is a copycat league. So we'll see what happens this season. Hey, maybe it's like uh, one of those situations where you want to rotate out your receivers. You have depth at receiver. Steelers are rather depth at tight end. You want to run two tight ends, but you want to have the depth to do it. If you have two guys that can run routes and Ebron and Claypool, it could work out pretty well. Yeah, for there's sure. a lot. There's a lot of synergy we haven't seen yet. So these are things I'm sure they're talking about, and all these guys are anxious to try out. But you know, for fantasy, it's it's a little bit of decide and then wait and see. So that's what makes fantasy football fun. So <laughs> much fun. Once you've drafted. <laughs> I envision more that Claypool is going to win the wide receiver three and you could have a Ebron McDonald Claypool all on the field at the same time situation, especially in the red zone. That's what I'm saying. I I think Claypool is going to see more of his snaps at wide receiver than he's going to be seeing down in tight end. Uh, I think you're right. You're we were have- absolutely dreadful in the red zone last year, last in the league. So if they can dial up some schemes there that haven't been seen before, that would be prudent for certain. Uh, it makes sense. Oh, the roster, though, back to the lineup helps with that red zone offense. So instead of Duck or Mason. I think yeah. Pittsburgh is a dark horse candidate. The, ben is, ben is going to make a big difference this year. Indeed. And, you know, it, Pittsburgh has always had three quarterbacks on the roster and been ready if things got slim. They got rid of Josh Dobbs, and then it was just, you know, 9-1-1, you know, May Day out there. So we we saw what happened there, and they've, they've made it very clear. Mason is the guy behind Ben, but not a lot of talk about what's going on with Mason. The whole strategy is kind of, you know, it's it's Ben's team at this point. As it should be, Lindell, or the guy that we need to watch for on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe we touched on it. Maybe we didn't. Who's in the back of your head about that? I know I didn't ask you that earlier, but 
no, no, no problem. Um, I'm really excited to see Deontay Johnson because it came out this week that he was hurt. He had a sports hernia for most of the season. And I vaguely recall a picture that was online of him kind of giving that thumbs up in a medical gown. And then it disappeared and not much was discussed about that. But he is back. He's been working out with Ben as well. And he had great numbers last year. I'm really excited to see this guy now that he is healthy. And if we look at some of the statistics, he's going to have value late in a fantasy draft. Next Gen Stats has him with the greatest amount of separation when it comes to looking at what a receiver can do. And in addition, he led the rookies last year in catches. So um, he has a lot of potential now that he's going to be 100%. That's Lindell, that's amazing. So what you're telling me is, I need to forego my SEC background. I need to forego my Aggies, and I need to take Deontay Johnson in the later rounds. If you go Aggie, are you taking Mahomes? Lindell, real quick though, thank you for being on here. We really appreciate your support. I mean, I followed you for a while on Fangirl Sports, and I love everything you do. I didn't even realize you were so inspirational in what you do in your personal life. And Thank you. I, you've got a follower in me for sure. But what can we expect from you or want to follow from you in the future uh, for all the people who are watching? The Fangirl Sports Network is a female content group, but we do actually cover the team. So we're always out there looking for the five fun facts, the historical look back, the throwbacks, and then the news, because we know people don't have time to read through everything. So our stories are going to have the daily updates that kind of are the highlights. We're going to have Instagram lives often with the other fangirls. So if we're playing the Ravens or we're playing, you know, Dallas, we'll get together and talk about what we think might happen. And, you know, we'll bring you the fun stuff too, the, the interesting player takes, the banter on Twitter, and we'll just get you relevant sports content that keeps it fun, but also brings you stuff you might not be able to have the time to sort through yourself. That is amazing. That's awesome. Everyone, make sure you follow Lindell Whirling at Fangirl Sports. Uh, but first, what I want to let everyone know is coming in the fall, as soon as everything is opened and we can do redraft leagues again, uh, Lindell is going to headline our listener league. Um, she was very supportive when I was talking to her at the beginning about everything. And she's going to you know, be our headliner for a redraft league. So everybody who is out there following us, yeah, <laughs> sure you follow us, send us messages in our DMs. We're always looking to talk to other people and other fantasy analysts. Um, but look out for Belly Up Fantasy Sports Redraft League in the fall with Lindell Whirling headlining for us. Thank you so much for being here with us. This was an awesome uh, way to spend a day. I'm so excited to be a part of your guys' virtual team, and I'm so excited for this season. So if you don't mind, I'll just let everybody know. If you do want to give me a follow, I will follow you back, and I'm at Steelers F. G-S-N. It's Steelers plural, and that's FGSN for Fangirl Sports Network. Again, thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic and look forward to connecting with you guys again soon. For sure. We hope to have you back on before the season starts. Outstanding. Have a good one. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. This was so much fun.
it's a, uh, it's great to talk football and, you know, I, I, it gave me some food for thought to start thinking about fantasy and this was wonderful. Thank awesome. you so much, Linda. We'll be in contact with you. Okay. You have a All right. Night, or I guess afternoon now where you are. <laughs> yeah. It's about seven. Yeah. Still some time left in my Friday. <laughs> All right. Bye. Have a good weekend, you guys. You too. You too. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. 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 So that was fun, right? Yeah. So yeah. everyone who liked that at home, that was our first run with the guest on board. Uh, next week, it'll be a little bit different as we'll have a different cast with us. Hopefully Dan is back. Uh, maybe we can get Ryan back on board with this. Hopefully Zach isn't feeling so well. But next week, we're going to have ESPN's Brainiac, Mike Clay, with us. Uh, super stoked about that. So let's move on, though, guys. And Tom, tell me. Right now, one of my favorite teams besides the Houston Texans is the Baltimore Ravens. Eric DaCosta, the GM, is a man's man. I mean, he is amazing. He started from the ground up at Baltimore He's as, a, as an intern in 1996 and became the player decision maker, I think, in 2019. He had job offers all over the place to be a GM everywhere, but – he wanted to stay home. He's true to his school. He's true to his hometown. You got to love guys that are like that. They've got the, the hottest quarterback essentially in the league right now. They just took one of the best running backs in the draft in J.K. Dobbins, one of a semi-elite receiver out of TU and Devin DuVernay. Uh, but they've got some other weapons. Mark Ingram, their offensive line is amazing. They just signed Matthew Judon to his tender. They're looking good. They're looking to make another push. I know that you're not as high on Lamar Jackson as I am, but he's still a great player. Tom, tell me about the Baltimore Ravens. All right, we're going to save Lamar for the end. We all know that that's the bread and butter, right? That's that's what we're all here for. So we got to cover the rest of it first. We gotta, that's fair. We gotta, that's fair. Right? All right, first off, you went into the running back position. You do have Mark Ingram, who great power back. He has surprising speed for his size. You know, put up a good season this year. Sorry? Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. The SEC means less. <laughs> right. All right, cool. So J.K. Dobbins uh, comes in. No, J.K. Dobbins is obviously in there. So, honestly, the running back position for me in Baltimore gets a little foggy. I'm not entirely sure what the spread's going to be between the two of them. Uh, you know, you'd think that in a lot of the power situation in the red zone, you're going to look to Mark Ingram. But passing downs, J.K. Dobbins – 
probably going to take a little bit of a, a, a step up from him there, uh, coming out of Ohio State, right? Uh, you know, you do Texas. What's up? He came out of Lagrange, Texas. Oh, he came out of Texas. He's a Texas boy. Got it. So, but no, you got Gus Edwards, you got Justice Hill, you know, uh, alongside them at the three and four in the running back position. It's a deep running back room, right? So it's, to me, it's tough to see Mark Ingram having the same type of season as last year. Not, not a league leading, but a solid year. So, uh, you know, this year, I, I think that Ingram, you can expect to drop off a little bit just from competition within the, his own running back room, even if he's healthy. Uh, you know, beyond that, going to the wide receiver position, uh, obviously Marquise Brown, I think he's going to take a step up this year. He's he's the number one receiver on the team by a long shot. Uh, Willie Sneed, personally, never been into him. He's he's a deep threat, but it's it's not a you know he's not going to get massive targets. He's not going to be great for a PPR league in that sense. Miles Boykin, I think, could overstep him into that wide receiver two position. Um, and Devin Duvernay, I, I think he might might compete for that number three position with Snead at come you know, the end of the year. It'll be tough to say going into that season as far as what kind of chemistry he might have. Um, and we'll kind of get into what the quarterback position looks like for them anyway. But again, I, I think he could compete for that wide receiver three. Snead is good, but he's he's a deep threat at best. I think it's, it's touchdowns and big plays for him. Um, Obviously, in tight end, uh, you know, they did lose one of their three tight ends going into this year. You still have Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, uh, two very solid tight ends. So they can run that two tight end formation and, and have success in their red zone. Um, I mean, I would expect uh, Mark Andrews to get the majority of the touches there. Um, Boyle is a, a blocking tight end. He can catch, don't get me wrong, but he's not a number one tight end by any means. Like you said, offensive is good defense is good so you shouldn't expect to play from behind or at least significantly behind often and the position we all talk about quarterback lamar jackson ain't shit <laughs> i'm sorry he ain't shit. all right you know I, I think i've i've expressed my opinions about being the hot take on here i'll be the first to admit that i will make that take lamar jackson will not have a good year this year Okay, I know everyone has him at number one, number two in quarterback rankings. I could care less, right? Chris, you provided me the stat on here, right? Lamar Jackson had 9% touchdown per attempt rate, right? From 2007 to 2018, only 17 quarterbacks posted a touchdown percentage at or above 7% the following year. Or uh, I'm sorry, uh, at all. Right, at all, yeah. Yeah, at all, 17% of quarterbacks saw a touchdown percentage of above 7%. So he's one of that 17%. All 17 quarterbacks saw a dip the next season. The average was 3.2%. A massive decline. I mean, look at the guy. You have multiple disadvantages working towards you. Number one being that mobile quarterbacks don't succeed in the NFL. Right, you can have an escapable quarterback. You look at the Aaron Rodgers of the league. You look at the Carson Wentz, uh, albeit injury, but success-wise, touchdown to interception of the league. You look at uh, anybody like that that is able to escape a tackle. Ben Roethlisberger. We were just talking about the Steelers. One of the best escapable quarterbacks. He's not fast, but he will get out of a sack and get rid of the ball. Right, those guys see success. 
but you look at the Michael Vicks of the week, you look at the Donovan McNabbs, you look at the Vince Youngs, um, they don't see long-term success over a career. It's only a matter of time until Lamar drops off, and I think this is the year that it happens. I mean, if history repeats itself, you are 100% correct because uh, no quarterback like we mentioned or like you mentioned earlier has done this back-to-back years. Um, the only thing, I'm just a fanboy of Lamar Jackson because he won the championship last year, so I got to ride him, right? Um, the only thing I'm going with, though, is they're building it around him. Maybe he's different. Hopefully he holds up more because I never wish an injury on any player. But statistics are not on my side on that. Uh, Houston, I know you've got something to say about Lamar. Yeah, I mean, I do think that there's going to be a smarter approach in Baltimore. Um, He ran way too much last year. Yeah, that's his playing style, and he does a very good job at it. But I think we'll see a development in his arm a little bit. He's never going to be the most accurate guy. But they've got good targets around him. Marquise Brown, he dealt with his list Frank injury. Um, he got that at Oklahoma. Dealt with that all through the draft process in the offseason. Heard uh, him in the training uh, in the uh, training camp and just got in the season. Still was never healthy. He played a lot of the season, you know, not even at 20%, 25%. Um, I uh, I actually wrote an article about him previewing his sophomore season, and yeah, he's one of my favorite guys to go into twenty twenty. Um, but they needed to add other uh, wideouts around him, and they did exactly that. Willie Snead, he's you know he's nothing to gloat about, but I do like Devin Duvernay. Um, I can see him slide into the slot. Uh, Baltimore Ravens th- had 19 touchdowns um, to players that ran out of the slot last season. No other team had 15. Devin Duvernay, I feel like he'd be um, one of the better players to play the slot for him, and they'll play Mark Andrews in the slot as well. I don't, I don't think they won't do that either. Um, because if you watch Ravens, they like to take tight ends and motion them across the field one way or another. Um, well, with Hayden Hurst being gone, maybe we'll see Mark Andrews more in line, but I think that'll be more what Boyle does. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, I personally wouldn't take him at his second round, third round ADP. He's going in the second a lot of drafts. Um, yeah, worth it. The, yeah, and exactly. I'm not saying he's going to bust. Uh, Tom Tom has a little bit more hot I'm takes. Yeah, bust. It's, yeah exactly. Yeah, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but at his current ADP, I can't understand it um, because we look at the two quarterbacks that go early in the second, third, fourth round, if you're lucky. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. If you took the prior year for both those guys, they were late-round selections. I mean, it's an outlier, but it is, it happened. So, um, yeah, I – I like Lamar, but I want to take him at his current draft position. You're not wrong. Houston. Everyone take Kyler Murray, Giga Mags. No. I do want to add in real quick. I know we were talking about Lamar being a little quarterback. Just want to add in. Last year, obviously he ran a lot, right? We all know that. 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns rushing. It's a massive portion of his fantasy points. When you look at passing – Yes, he had a 66% completion percentage. Yes, he was 36 touchdowns to six interceptions. 3,100 yards, right? 
albeit not terrible, but the guy, he, he has above average arm talent at best, right? You can't just teach arm talent. There are certain uh, – Michael Vick, right? You could only teach him so much in the pocket. Lamar Jackson can only learn so much in the pocket. The moment that he decides not to start running downfield and be that guy that a defense has to worry about being 20 yards downfield in five seconds, that's when he's going to struggle. Whether he gets injured or whether their scheme decides he's not going to be that mobile quarterback that's running, it's going to end. Ryan, I know you're sitting down there just thinking about everything. Let me know what you're thinking about. I know you got some good intake or some good thoughts about what's going on. I agree about uh, – I'm not as high on Lamar Jackson as most people are this year, and I'm really not that high on him on Dynasty because of the fact that he's a 1,200-yard rusher. Uh, Running backs have short shelf lives, and that's running back production, so you have to take that in consideration. I like Boykin. I think he's going to be wide receiver two. I think DuVernay will be wide receiver three by the end of the year. He, uh, I mean, Snee's just going to get become obsolete at some point. He's a veteran presence. He's probably good in the locker room, but I don't think he's going to be the guy. Uh, I like, I like Ingram for one more year because I still think he's going to get the majority of those carries. Dobbins is probably the guy of the future, but I think for one more year, and you know what? I don't know off the top of my head what Ingram's contract is, but I would tell you Ingram's not long for that role, but I think next year he's going to get that role. And I would say I would take Lamar Jackson if he slipped to me in a place where I thought I was comfortable with it, but there's probably no way I'm going to get any shares of Lamar Jackson in redraft this year because he's going so much earlier than I think he's worth. Tell me I'm wrong. Maybe a seventh, eighth rounder for Jackson. I'll be right back. Like, not in my that. top five. He's not in my top five. And as far as Ingram goes, honestly, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Third down back, it, it has to be Dobbins. Well, the thing is, I think Ingram's shown he can catch passes. I think Ingram can I think it's going to be more along the lines of they're going to let Ingram maintain for one more year his dominance with the touches while Dobbins adjusts to the NFL game. So I'm looking at like uh, what I'm imagining as a Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay type of a split because I do like Edwards and I do like Hill, but I think those guys are odd man out. Uh, Dobbins was drafted. He's got too much talent. And Ingram is – Mark Ingram had a great year last year. So I honestly think you're going to be looking at Ingram's going to dominate the touches this year by a little margin. And then – Next year, if, if you're in Dynasty, Dobbins is the only answer on this team. He's man, he so his feelings very high in this offense. If Lamar Jackson can continue at any sort of rate close to this, Dobbins is going to be RB1 conversation next year for me. Unless he does. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. 
Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I mean, personally, I see it as about 50, 60% Mark Ingram, about 30% J.K. Dobbins, and the other 10 to 20% amongst uh, the other guys. I I see that. The problem is, is, does that 30 or so percent take away from Mark Ingram's ability? I think he's not going to be as good this year, but I still think he's borderline RB1 just because of the situation. And they're going to have to run the ball because they're going to probably be ahead a lot. That's true. I was hearing everything while I was outside real quick. Houston, Zach Mack told me something the other day. When you and Dan were talking about Mark Andrews, excuse me, there was a stat that I saw. Apparently Mark Andrews only played like 50 or 60% of the snaps last year. Uh, yeah. and I think it was around honestly 30 to 40. I don't know the exact number. No, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I might have been. I believe Hayden Hurst led the tight end position with most snap percentage, followed by a Boyle, and then Mark Andrews was, um, obviously third. And that's what's kind of crazy is he was banged up last year and still finished as the tight end three. I think his current draft position is still kind of nice because he's not Kittle or Kelsey, but he only finished 10 points away from those guys. Yeah, Kelsey had a down year with Mahomes being injured, and I don't think Kittle's going to like be overly productive fantasy tight end. He'll finish in the top five, but he's never going to be a huge outlier from Kelsey or Andrews. But yeah, I mean... I think since Hayden Hurst and now in Atlanta, we'll have to see how they're going to use Mark Andrews because maybe he did play a lot out of the slot. Um, good red zone threat for Lamar. But it'll just be interesting to see how they use him now that Hurst is gone. I think I still think he could be like second in uh, snap percentage behind Boyle. I think Boyle will be the inline guy when they want to run the ball, which they like to do with Mark Ingram. Uh, to touch on Ryan um, – Mark Ingram, I don't know his length of his contract, but they can get out of it pretty easy um, after this year. So you were right on that point. I don't, I don't know the exact length, but they can get out of it after it this year. Sense. It would make sense. Yeah. Ryan, we both know Texas players get the juice. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, though, Houston, let's keep you rolling, dude. Um, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. You and I had been talking about these guys for a little bit. I know you got some good stuff about it. Give me about three, like about one minute to talk about the Cleveland Browns real quick, and I'll hand it over to you. So what I've got on the Cleveland Browns is I wasn't a big fan of them. Kevin Stefanski comes in, right? I do a little bit of research on Stefanski. Obviously with the Minnesota Vikings, loves 12 personnel. That's the way the league's going. He's got one guy that's going to be the guy. I see you a little – I see you smirking a little bit easier. you got the one guy that's going to be the guy who gets the lion's share of the load who gets 200-something-plus carries, 
You know, he's going to make the quarterback a little bit better in the play action. Uh, I think I've read somewhere, I've written it down somewhere, but Stefanski's best work quoted from either NFL or ESPN was the Case Keenum season where Case Keenum came in as the backup. Uh, Sam Bradford went down and Case Keenum ended up having a pretty good season, I think making the playoffs or something like that. Uh, on the back of Dalvin Cook, obviously, and running on that solid guy. Um, then, I guess, before that or after that, he had Kirk Cousins, who had the best lead, best year, or best numbers as a quarterback because of the play action. Uh, I saw Next Gen Stats had Baker Mayfield at, like, nine touchdowns from play action last year, um, which was still top seven, top eight, maybe. Um and could go more with Stefanski. Also, he had a lot of interceptions. Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, less interceptions under Stefanski. But that being said, the back, the workload back, gets all the work. Houston, tell everybody who is watching us what to expect from Nick Chubb, the Cleveland Browns, and who they should take this season from them, and why I'm wrong thinking that Kareem Hunt is going to be a thing. You know, and I'll, I'll uh, bring it out right now. Um, Kareem Hunt, he, he is a threat. I'm not going to say he's not a threat, you know. But uh, the things I lay forth for you guys here will understand why I'm so high on Nick Chubb. We'll start with Baker Mayfield. Talked about Kirk Cousins' career best year last year. Just in, I don't know, numbers-wise, I, I didn't look at the numbers personally, but playing-wise, I think he's pretty efficient. He, the offense moved well. Um, Had Baker, a 107 passer rating. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> so, in low interceptions, which is important. Um, Baker Mayfield, rookie year, 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Last year, 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. That's just an insane amount of interceptions. But um, with the wide receivers he has, he has good wide receivers. So, I mean, uh, I think they – I didn't like Freddie Kitchens as a head coach. I love Stefanski coming in. I think they'll mend together really well. Find a play style that's going to fit both of them. In the play action, Baker Mayfield's going as the QB, off the bo- QB 15 off the board. And I like that. You know, he's a later-round guy. Um there was so much hype on the Cleveland Browns going into 2019. Uh, didn't work out well. A lot of hype on Baker Mayfield. Didn't didn't work out well. But as a late round option quarterback, I like him. Um, so in the running game, and here's where I really want to hammer some things here. Um, I've been playing uh, best ball drafts, mock drafts over at Drafters.com, and Nick Chubb's been falling to me anywhere between like the 203 to all the way to the third round, you know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I've we're seeing guys. Real quick in the second round. Like oh, yeah. I've honestly been going a lot like Kamara, Chubb, Barkley, Chubb, just because he falls there. People are taking Eckler over him, Jacobs, Sanders. And there's – Jacobs. I take Jacobs. <laughs> I wouldn't. There, there's a point for each one. Um, couple things, and this is going to explain it all. Nick Chubb, he's the RB8 off the board. Um, he's second in rushing yards in 2019 behind Derrick Henry. I thought he I thought he would have the – yeah, it was close. 
I thought he would have had the rushing title shirt up, but Derrick Henry had that late season surge. Um, 66 broken tackles, eight touchdowns. Um, you know, eight touchdowns is good for running back. Obviously, like Aaron Jones last. Yeah, 66 broken tackles. He's not the most elusive back, but 66 broken tackles. I know I say he's not elusive, but when you watch him, yeah, he'll run you over. He's not juking or jiving, jumping over people. He's not that kind of guy, but the broken tackle suggests that he he's just not Derrick Henry running right through you. He's Derrick Henry, a little bit less than Derrick Henry, but also can get around. So He's an SEC guy, so he's got some juice. Yeah, totally. So the eight touchdowns, the reason why I bring that up is because inside the 10-yard line, he had 32 attempts for 12 yards. So he's, you know. Is that good? No, but listen to this one. Inside the five, he had 15 attempts for negative 14 yards. What's that? That's the offensive line, right? Yeah, so let's let's move on. You bring about the offensive line. They went out and got uh, acquisitions here. Jack Conklin, fifth-rated run-blocking tackle, PFF, went out in the draft, got Jedrick Wills, the sixth overall run-blocking tackle. Uh, tackle in the FBS. They went out and got Andy Janovich, the second run-blocking fullback PFF. It just makes sense. They want to run the ball. Kevin Stefanski, uh, top three. Um, he was top three in rushing attempts in Minnesota, <laughs> being the offensive coordinator. Last year, the Browns were 22nd overall in rushing attempts, but second in yards. They didn't have to run the ball a ton to be – to get a lot of yards, and they played behind the 23rd-ranked uh, PFF offensive line. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and they went out and got all these guys. Um, Nick Chubb in the second round, I absolutely love it. There's just so much stuff here that gets me excited for Nick Chubb. You know, Nick Chubb could be a top-five fantasy back. I hate that Kareem Hunt's there. Yeah. He is going to have a role in the receiving game. But I think Chubb will uh, get Stefanski's love and say, yeah, let's give this guy the workhorse. He's going to be our workhorse back. Um, Kareem Hunt, he's elusive. But I think if he does perform well, there will be teams calling the Cleveland Browns and trying to get him on their team. So if he, no, you're good. If he does have early success, you know, I believe that there's a good chance that he could get traded because if he does have success next year, he's only on a one-year or like one-year tender, I believe. That's what I was so, about to say. He's on trade him while you can. For Three million bucks. Yeah, they can cut ties afterwards. So I believe trading him while you can is the way to do it there. If he does have success, so even if um, Kareem Hunt is successful, he'll get traded. Is how I picture this. Um, you know, Nick Chubb. He's epitome of consistency. He's probably not a league winner like Christian McCaffrey is, of course. But I I really like the guy. In the second round, I'm going to take him every day. Um, anyone else want to add to that before I move on to wide receivers? So, I mean, you talked about they're adding to their offensive line. Obviously, you added at both pack, tackle positions as well as a little bit inside. One thing to keep in mind, not only on the running game, but Baker Mayfield was sacked 40 times last year. It was ninth in the, tied for ninth in the league. 
I mean, sure enough, it has to at least to some extent help Baker Mayfield in the sense that he's not going to be absolutely obliterated in the pocket every time he drops back. <laughs> am I am I wrong? Like it's oh, that, that's my thought on it. You're going to help out the running and passing game with that. Everything's about the line. It's all in the trenches. It really is. I'm high on Chubb this year. I think he's going to be good. Just drafted him in a draft I'm doing right now. Yeah. I mean, second round, maybe. Uh, I, I think that his ceiling allows for second round. Um, I, I don't think it's a guarantee that his value is there. But third, fourth, sure. It's it's not a big stretch to take him in the second or third round by any means. First round, maybe a little bit of a stretch. But uh, you know, depending on the depth of your league, if you have a 14-16 team league, maybe you could justify it. I see him as RB four to six. That's where he's at in my rankings. He's yeah. going to be good this year. He he has a high ceiling. It's it's going to really come down to uh, Hunt. I think Houston, you nailed it on the head. If Hunt has some success, it could be trade bait for them. So you know, if you do trade Hunt late in the season, Nick Chubb's really going to come into his own, and he's going to have some massive points without Hunt if he does get traded. Totally agree. Houston, move on the wide receivers. I need to talk about Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. Ooh, there's some SEC going on. Garbage. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, crazy talented. There's no no, uh, questions there. Um, Obviously, coming into Cleveland last year, expected big things out of him. He's kind of regressed. Not in his play style. He played with Sports Hernia um, all of 2019, most of 2019. Whether that's true or not, or is just a... Um, Assad. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> Excuse me. But he's the wide, wide receiver 11 off the board right now. I think last year, year before, he was a top five wide receiver off the board. So obviously his ADP is dropping a little bit. Um, last year even when injured, had 1,035 yards and four touchdowns. Um, you know, I think that I was, I don't think he's going to be like the best fantasy producing wide receiver. He's not going to be a top five. I just don't think um, in a Kevin Stefanski offense that we're going to see that. He's very talented and he's going to have good weeks, but he's not going to get the workload that he did when he was in New York, as far as I'm concerned. He was the guy in New York before yeah. Barkley, and he he would throw touchdowns, catch touchdowns, run them out of the backfield. He, you know, so I like the guy, but the ADP's got to be around, I don't know, fourth, fifth round. And, they're at, and at that point, there's a couple guys I like in front of him, a couple guys that I don't. So it's just about value. I'm a when I draft, it's all about the value for me. I'm never going to take a guy too high, you know. Uh, moving on, Jarvis Landry. This one's a little bit different because he's the wide receiver, 31 off the board. Uh, had that hip surgery, six to eight months of uh, recovering time. Um, that would put him at an August 4th um, comeback. They say he's a little bit ahead of schedule. He's had five straight. 975 yard seasons. I know that's a little rough number, but he had one 976. I figured that's where I'd do the cutoff to get that five in there. He's pretty consistent as the wide receiver 31 off the board. 
it's a good ADP that I like out of that. Um, when he's going a little bit later, I like it because he's going to be consistent. If he if he's not fully healthy to enter the season, his ADP will only drop a little bit more and make the make it a little bit more sweeter for me. Um, I uh, Diggs and Thielen were successful in the play action game, and that's what Stefanski's going to continue to do. Another pass catcher. We move over to tight end. I didn't touch on this in, um, when I was talking about Nick Chubb, but the 12 personnel, they brought in Austin Hooper, also Harrison Bryant. Uh, no, Hunter Bryant, sorry. They brought in Hunter Bryant, and they're going to play 12 personnel. I mean, they have David Njoku as well. Austin Hooper's not the most uh, – he's not a man-breaking tight end. A lot of the times he would just sit in the middle of the field, zone breaker, kind of like Travis Kelsey, not as, as – as, not as – athletic or has a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. However, Hooper's going to sit in zones just over the top of the linebackers, just below them. But he's not going to have the season he had with Atlanta. Matt Ryan liked to target him a lot. Um, He was on a great pace before he got injured. Um, He's not the best blocking tight end either. That's why I'm kind of confused why they paid him so much money. Maybe it was the uncertainty of David Njoku's Injuries. That injury was What's that? I said that injury was pretty brutal watching yeah. it. Yeah, it was. So I do like the Hooper. He's not I there's other tight ends that would take before him. He's the tight end ten off the board. So his ADP is dropping. I think if he was still in Atlanta right now, he'd probably be a top five tight end in ADP. But now that he's in Cleveland, of course he's dropping. It's just so confusing. How Baker, we haven't seen him be overly successful when targeting the tight end. But Kyle Rudolph had a career year last year, one of his best. Irv Smith took another increase in production as a rookie. And rookie tight ends don't usually do a whole lot. But Irv Smith had bright spots. So maybe Hooper um, will do well under Stefanski and Baker. Um, It's just going to be interesting. His ADP's got to be in the right spot for me. There's this other guys that will see more passing work. I like Hayden Hurst over Hooper just because okay. of – but, uh, yeah, tight end's kind of different. It's deep, but with everything that's kind of happened, there's still a lot of question marks. Um, when I say that, like Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, I mean, those are the guys you're seeing, 8, 9, 10. But uh, with the new quarterbacks, new teams, there's just a lot of uncertainty for me in the tight end position. But, yeah, David Njoku, it'll be interesting to see what he'll do. But uh, I don't know. He probably won't be the best fantasy-producing tight end. He'll be used more as a blocker. And if he can stay healthy, then um, he'll get a touchdown here or there. But, yeah, I like their running game. I mean, uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. It will just be interesting to see. I like Nick Chubb, but I'm not going to fault anyone. I just think Kareem Hunt's ADP is a little too high for me. I mean, you're taking a guy. I saw Kareem Hunt go before David Montgomery today. Now, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Bears fan, but David Montgomery, he's gonna he's getting all the RB uh, the running back touches in Chicago. Kareem Hunt's a backup running back as far as I'm concerned. In PPR leagues, half point, full point. It don't matter. Yeah, I mean, his receptions will help him. But if you're playing in a standard league and the receptions don't count, 
his total yardage, he might get 70 total yards um, a week, but that's not going to help you. Seven points isn't going to win your week in um, standard leagues there. I mean, not. I got to add in real quick. You have to think about the fact that you have two tight ends that aren't great pass, or excuse me, aren't great blockers in general, pass or run blockers. Uh, you know, so it's going to be interesting how Stefanski runs that. Are you going to run 12 man and you're going to hope that, you know, Njoku and uh, Hooper can figure out how to block pretty well? Not the best bet in the world. And like we said earlier, they upgrade the offensive line, but. Uh, that'll be interesting how that plays out. As far as receiving goes to me, it's interesting to see that you have really two receivers and two tight ends, and that's about it. I mean, you look beyond the t- you know Jarvis, Landry, uh, Beckham, Hooper, and Njoku. I mean, you have Rashard Higgins, Damian Ratley, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, beyond that, who do you have? It, it, it gets a little scary if you have any injuries on that team. I'm not quite sure who it falls to. And honestly, Houston, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's where I think personally it comes into if Kareem Hunt can have any sort of success, he might trade for another pass catcher or line him up in the slot. Yeah. Um, I, I could I could see where you're going. Um, I'm not really sure. Like The running back market is very interesting. This is a whole different topic for me, which I won't try to get into too much, but the running back market seems like pretty capped right now. We we had, you know, Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Solaire. They went into places that their running backs weren't bad. There wasn't a team that absolutely needed a running back. Obviously, these rookie backs are helping, and there's going to be more really good backs in the 2021 draft class. But I think we're getting to a place where we might see more of a one-two punch Um for a lot of teams in the running back uh, group. But I think a major injury to, like, uh, Chris Carson, I could see, say, Mostert goes down in San Francisco. I mean, they have backups, but they might just – I think Kareem Hunt, they're not going to ask for too much because if, is he is, if he is successful, they're just going to let him walk, you know. They're not going to bring him back. If they yeah, choose – decent third receiver or something along those yeah. lines and it's worthwhile for them. If they if yeah, you know if they just if the Browns decide to bring Kareem Hunt back and let Nick Chubb walk, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna be very happy. And I hope he goes to a team that'll actually value him for what he is. But I yeah feel, we, oh I'm sorry. No, I, I was just saying let's tie up the Cleveland Browns, yeah, you know I was about to say I think they cut yeah. Kareem Hunt Bengals. Nick Chubb Joe Burrow. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Oh. Hopefully he comes to the Houston Texans because Obviously, no one's a big fan of David Johnson but me, but Ryan. Sucks, uh, but anyway, the Browns, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. The Browns, Joe Burrow. Sorry, Bengals, oh, Joe Burrow. I, I was looking at this, looking at Ryan, looking at my phone, all sorts of crazy stuff. Hold on. Ryan, let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals real quick before you got to leave. I know you're on a limited schedule. Thank you for being with us tonight and stepping in on a limited amount of time. But I just want to touch on something real quick for the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's talk about the coaching staff real quick, like I've been doing for a little bit. I took a spotlight from Dan. Uh, Zach Taylor. We're talking about Callahan. We're talking about Brad Cragthorpe. I believe that's how you say his last name. Cragthorpe, maybe. Let's talk about Brad real quick. 
Brad being an SEC guy at LSU, was a transfer just like Joe Burrow from another college to LSU, became the quarterback, became an analyst for LSU, became the quarterback's coach for LSU, worked with Joe Burrow. Zach Taylor decided, hey, I'm going to take Joe Burrow, but I'm going to bring his quarterback coach too with him. This is the first year this guy is in the NFL. Callahan as well. I mean, real quick, I'm I'm just going to read real quick. Zach Taylor with Jared Goff, best numbers at L.A. Callahan with Derek Carr at the Raiders, best numbers Carr ever had. And now they bring in Craig Thorpe from LSU, who knows this kid, Joe Burrow, who's lived with him, who's, you know, Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF has seen this kid grow up essentially and has the same backstory. The narrative between these three coaches and Joe Burrow is crazy. This sets this kid up for probably one of the biggest stories in the NFL. If people dive into it, if he has a good year, Ryan, I'm going to stop now because I can go on about the SC, SEC, go on about LSE, go on about A&M. Uh, tell me about the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, everybody that they have. Let me know. Well, I'm personally high on Burrow. Um, I liked what I saw. The dude's a competitor. He, I think he says a lot of the right answers, so he's either well-coached or he's knowing what he's doing. I think the guy just likes to win. Uh, guys in Ohio State were talking about how big of a competitor he was, and I remember seeing a clip of him doing the uh, – tackling drills and just getting after it. I just like that competitive style that he has. I think Burrow could have a good year. I actually think the weapons in Cincinnati are pretty strong, uh, especially with the addition of A.J. Green, which is huge. I like Burrow as a super flex quarterback option. I don't think he should be your QB1 per se, but if you're going to add him on in super flex as your guy that you're going to be using, I think he could do worse. And I honestly think the upside for him in a position like that. I mean, he could wind up as a QB one type of player if everything works out, which, I mean, there's a lot of question marks. I do like that uh, Cincinnati addressed the offensive line because, again, it all starts with the offensive line. They've had a, basically a huge offensive line overall the, the last two years. They're kind of getting an all-pro back in A.J. Green that they didn't have last year. I don't expect A.J. Green to be exactly what he was before he was injured, but, I mean, we're acting like he's – crazy old he's not are we talking about julio as an elite receiver because that's the same draft class and i mean aj green hasn't been the perfect health throughout his career however 
I'm talking about fantasy. His per game production is pretty good. So if you're going to be getting him at the right value, I think it's I, – I like A.J. Green. I'm not drafting him too high, but I really like what he can do with Burrow, especially if we have any sort of real offseason for them to get a bond. Uh, Tyler Boyd has somehow emerged as a legitimate borderline wide receiver one last year. And uh, I do think, again, I think a lot of this hinges on Burrow, but I like Boyd as like your wide receiver three. That's a strong wide receiver three. That's an acceptable wide receiver two also, honestly. I don't like him as your wide receiver one because I do think A.J. Green's going to dominate. I do think they're going to try to run a lot to help out Burrow initially. Again, they revamped that offensive line, so I think they're going to be running a lot. I love that they brought in uh, Burrow's coach to come in with them. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name either. I love that. Look, if you're going to give a guy a chance to succeed, what more could they really do? They beefed up the offensive line. Uh, Boyd has been a 1,000-yard receiver now. We have A.J. Green, who we know what A.J. Green can do. Uh, I like Azuma, but I'm not as high on everybody else. I, I'm not as high on him as everybody else is. I think he could be a – I don't want him as my tight end one, right? I like him as a backup for my bye week for a guy like – I'm not – he's not my top 12 tight ends, but he is 15 or so maybe. He's he's in that range where I feel like it's acceptable as far as depth goes. Now, again, I think he has a high ceiling because Burrow could really blow this team. If he goes – and he does anything similar to what he was doing in college football last year, Cincinnati has a pretty solid chance to be a fantasy surprise. Mixon should be – I look at him the same way I look at Chubb. I'm high on Chubb, obviously, but Mixon with that line and with Burrow, they're going to have to run the ball, but they're receivers that can make the defense respect the path. I'm high on Mixon. I think Mixon is going to have – a solid year this year. Uh, one of the guys I want to talk about that I think if anybody gets injured as far as the receiving core goes, Auden Tate made some crazy plays last year. And I know his numbers aren't special, and I know that there's not a lot we're going on here, but I think Burrow is going to be an upgrade regardless at the position, uh, quarterback position. Uh, of what they had. I'm not dogging on Dalton. I think he could do great in Dallas this year if that goes down. But what I'm saying is there's a different energy. Cincinnati is going to be, I think they're exciting. I'm trying to get some shares in them. I like AJ Green. I like Boyd. And honestly, if anybody goes down in that wide receiver core, I'm all over Auden Tate because I do think as a flex option, Tate is going to have some real. And the other guy that if injuries happen, Travion Williams his yards per carry, yeah, Giga Mags. That guy was not utilized at all, and I don't understand why, because his metric stats support the fact that he should get more touches. Now, I know Mixon's a superior back, and I know he's going to be eating the touches at running back, as he should. But if something happens to Mixon, Travion Williams instantly becomes a borderline RB1 just because they're going to have to run the ball. He's a threat out of the backfield. With, with a quarterback like Burrow, you want the dump-off options. That's why I am kind of high on Azoma because the tight end's going to be a safety valve for him. The game's faster. He's going to adjust. But, man, he's got A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. I, I, I honestly think this – there's a lot – oh, and then, by the way, John Ross, who can take the top off of the defense real quick. See, I'm not that high on John Ross because I do – I actually like Tate better than Ross as far as – if you're going to talk about long-term – 
Ross's injury history concerns me. His, his lack of overall production when he's been in the league concerns me. He reminds me a little bit of like one of those burners that might get overvalued because of his 40 time and because of what he did. I didn't see it coming out of college, and then he busted out that 40 time. And, man, the underwear Olympics, people fall in love with that. So right. I – like I, I think Tommy and interrupt. What yeah. about T. Higgins? Oh, excuse me. Yeah. You didn't right. mention that they added T. Higgins this year. You're right. So, so here's where I'm. I'm looking at the receiving core. I'm looking at AJ Green and Tyler Boyd are probably going to be one and two just because of past performances. Higgins is going to have an adjustment period. I think Higgins is three, and I think Tate is four, and I think Ross is brought in. Not that he's wide receiver five. That uh, that seems a little bit. Uh, underestimating him. That's not what he is. What he is is he's a specialty type of a player. You know what he reminds me of in a little bit? And this is, again, this is a little bit selling him low, but remember when they put Dante Hall in offense just because he was an explosive athlete? John Ross can make a defense change the way they play, so you have to utilize a guy that has that kind of speed and that breakaway ability. I don't see him getting the target share that he's going to need. I do see Higgins outperforming him as far as targets when you talk about, especially in the second half of the season. Because uh, I don't know how quickly he's going to adjust. He had that injury coming into the combine. We didn't really get to see him do as much, especially with what's going on. We didn't get to see as much of him uh, comparatively with the other guys. But I mean, the numbers are there for Higgins. He's got, if you believe in Burrow, which I believe in Burrow, he's got a guy he's going to grow with. This guy's got serious dynasty potential. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be wide receiver one type of a conversation. But you could be looking at Higgins in the same way you look like a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, who was very good fantasy-wise for a while. He was a fantasy guy for a while. That guy scored a lot of touchdowns in his prime. Not Alshon Jeffrey now. Alshon Jeffrey in the beginning of his Eagles career, maybe at the end of his Bears career. <laughs> First year of the Eagles career. First year, that's it. Well, he was a he was a fantasy – you know, he's borderline top ten wide receiver. I think that's the – career arc that Higgins could approach if he and Burrow get some sort of a a chemistry going. I don't know how much longer AJ Green is going to be there, but I'm telling you, I like AJ Green this year. I'm on him, especially with where he's going in drafts. If he gets jacked up too much, I mean, it's a lot to risk on Burrow. A lot of this team depends on how you feel about Burrow. And since we don't have really any NFL data to back it, if you're high on Burrow and you think he's going to be successful, I want to get some shares in this offense, especially with Mixon. Because Mixon proved he can play out of the backfield. I love Travion as a handcuff for for Mixon. Uh, Boyd is a solid option. If you get him later on, he's he's a guy you can plug and play as a flex spot and a depth guy. He really is going to get his numbers. Um, Azoma, honestly, I, I want to get pumped about him because, again, it makes sense with Burrow having a tight end as a safety blanket, but – I just think the receivers are too good. I think Mixon's going to dominate so much of the carries. I mean, again, I just went through five receivers that could be legitimate fantasy options this year. Burrow has weapons. If Burrow just even gets close to what some people are thinking he's going to do, this offense is going to be hitting it. And you're going to want to get some of those receivers, and Mixon is a surefire. Again, I have him rank RB three to six-ish. No, not three, four. Four to six. Him and Chubb, to me, are interchangeable. I love – I think Chubb's going to dominate the touches, like you said. I think Mixon is going to be in a similar position. I mean, Mixon just – excuse me. Uh, Burrow just made Clyde Edwards-Lair 
uh, monster last year. He likes throwing the backs. Mixon's not the receiving back. Uh, Clyde Otis Hilaire is. But we've shown with the, the stats prove he likes to throw the backs. I think, honestly, I'm going to get some exposure to the Bengals. I don't know how yet. I'm changing it as I go. I do like A.J. Green. But I really think that – I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But this, this division's tough. But since he is going to be scoring some points this year, their defense is improving. I don't think they're going to be playing from behind as much as people think, but they are going to be playing from behind. So you've got to like Burrow's uh, prospects for that. I think there's a lot of potential in, in Cincinnati. Ryan, I think you nailed that on the head. I mean, like you said, a lot of weapons at receiver. Obviously, Mixon, top running back in the league, one of the top five. I think that's no question. Kind of depends on who you talk to as far as exactly where he ranks, but top five is pretty safe. Absolutely. Um, you, we were talking earlier with the Steelers with Ebron, places he might have been a better fit. Since he could have been an yes. absolutely incredible fit with absolutely. him and Joe Burrow. If you added a solid tight end like that, Uzoma, don't get me wrong, a good tight end, but good, yeah, great. And who could have a questionable? Yeah, could have a significant target share, but as far as absolute ability, he's not a top five, top ten receiver necessarily. It's that target share you're betting on. Right. Yeah, you know, with uh, you know Boyd, you talked about as a, a number two guy, right? You know, absolutely. Um, John Ross, as an Eagles fan, I get it. He's a stretch the field guy. Fantasy wise, tough to see a lot of value in it, but it provides value to other guys. Yes. And in a long term dynasty league, the last part there, Higgins. Honestly, I think that if Higgins progresses with AJ Green leaving, I mean, he's 30 31, right? It's not going to be a lot longer for AJ Green in, in Cincinnati. There. He's the veteran presence right now. I could see Higgins developing into that possible wide receiver one, depending on the, the the progression of him versus Tyler Boyd. I wouldn't put it past T Higgins to possibly overlap Boyd as, as the wide receiver one. And since Higgins has a quarterback like Burrow, one hundred percent. I think his ceiling's higher. I think Higgins' career ceiling is higher than Boyd's is. I think Boyd's floor is higher than Higgins' floor is. Correct. When I'm looking at who would I rather have five years down the road? To me, the upside is on Higgins. I like Boyd as a wide receiver, too. I don't like him as a wide receiver, one. I like him as a complimentary guy. I think of a guy like uh, – oh, this is not going to be – but like a Roddy White when Julio was there type of a player. Uh, where- so put it this way. If you're in a fan – or excuse me, in a dynasty draft this year, first year into a dynasty league, Higgins, Higgins could have a little bit less value than Boyd. If you're in a rookie draft in a, uh, a dynasty league, yes, absolutely worth taking a shot on Higgins. He's going to yes. have value. That floor could be a little bit lower, though. Right. High risk, high reward, it, comparatively. Exactly. Boyd. High risk, high reward on him. He could develop, but Boyd, we already—he's a known quantity. We we understand where his career trajectory. We think uh, his career trajectory is going. Excuse right. me. That's fair. Real quick, I want to touch on these comments over here from Facebook. Thank you guys for watching us on Facebook. Uh, Tristan Butler, never met you. A to B, brother. Love you. Thank you so much. It's my cousin. Uh, Ayala, I love you. I don't know about that, but I would put money that Dak would have more yards than Big Ben. 
Scott Davis, I'll see you in a little bit, hopefully. Uh, you know how I feel about Josh Jacobs. Go SEC, hashtag Raider Nation. I love Josh Jacobs. He is my rider die for the past two years. And then my boy Hunter Janelle making the funny comments as always. We might need to check out Hunter Janelle on the Ocho uh, pretty soon. I'll let y'all in on that secretly later. Uh, Hunter Janelle and I might have to go have a, a hot takeoff here because that <laughs> Andy Dalton will have more yards than Dak. That's a hot take. That's hotter than you, Tom. I mean, that's like something that you wouldn't even touch. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty hot. I, I don't know. That Unless it's Dak, Dak doesn't sign his franchise tag. I don't know about Dalton having more yards. Mm. Uh, guys, I really appreciate you for being here tonight, Ryan. Thanks for stepping in so quickly. Yeah, uh, close everything out though. Houston, you and Ryan, I know normally we do you and Dan. Uh, let everybody know what's going on behind the scenes. I know we're going to have a meeting here pretty soon, uh, but our draft guide is coming out. Guys, if y'all are watching us, following us on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, we're about stats. We're about ships. Uh, very similar to some of the guys that we idolize in this community, but we want to bring you something that's very inexpensive, and it's going to win you your championships. Follow us, and we'll help you to the promised land. Houston, take it away. Yeah, so like every week, um, we preview our draft guide. We're in working on it. Got, you know, a handful of us um, working on it. Uh, it's going to include projections, team profiles, player profiles, sleepers, bust, our guys, um, deep sleepers, breakout candidates, IDP for your IDP players out there, uh, super flex rankings for your super flex players out there, um, some rookie profiles, obviously not for every rookie, but every rookie, for rookies that we believe that will have a good year one performance. And, yeah, there's a lot of us working on it. It's going to have a lot of content and love for you to support us in that way. We're here giving you – our insights, our research, you know, and it's free to watch. We would just love if uh, the draft guide is going to be full of more information. That's a great way you could support us here over at Belly of Fantasy Sports, and we'd love to continue our relationship of helping you be successful at fantasy football. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself, man. We're just here because we love fantasy football, and we love getting this kind of information, and we now have the opportunity to give this information to other people. And we want to do that. Like, we're about it. I'm excited for the season. Who can't wait for football, man? Oh, my gosh. I'm ready. Could yeah. not express it any better, Ryan. I mean, thank you all for watching at home. From Ryan, Houston, Tom, and I. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Real quick, guys. Ryan, Houston, Tom, and I were not just people. I mean, we're not. We're obviously people. But we're not just personalities you can follow us on twitter facebook all that stuff you can message us we will comment back we will uh message you back any questions start sits who you should take in x amount of leagues i mean houston dynasty guy you know ask me about redrafts if you want ryan and tom give you the hot takes tom knows a lot of insider information that people don't even ask him about on belly up fantasy football uh, Ryan has so much information 
about these guys. I had to bring him into us. Y'all didn't know about Ryan Hicks till I brought him in here. And he is like, he's essentially our brainiac. Houston, tell everybody where they can follow you at, what they can do to get your inside information and message you. Yeah, so just a little something that I'll be working on here in the next 30 days or so. Um, I'm going to be, for you sports bettors out there, we are, we also like to bring you some sports betting content with Long's Our Fantasy Football. Uh, this one I'm going to tie in with football. I'm going to go through the schedules team by team. Um, I'm not going to look at the over-unders um, before I do this. I'm going to go team by team, uh, kind of like Adam Rank does, hopefully do a little better than he does. The three and 13 49ers last year. People weren't very happy with the ranks predictions. But um, yeah, I'm going to be working on those uh, team betting guides. So be on the lookout of that. Tell you, should you bet the over under for team wins? Um, and you can follow us, follow me uh, on Twitter at BellyUpHouston. Tom? Yeah, you can always follow me uh, at BellyUpTom on Twitter. Uh, obviously I think I, I've established myself as the hot take guy here. Fuck, uh, Lamar Jackson. He's not a quarterback one. I'm sorry. He's not. So come absolutely roast me on Twitter about that. I would love to defend that, uh, position as we go week by week. Just guess what? It's going to get hotter and hotter. I I'm going to disagree with half of this because guess what? Half of the people out here are wrong. That's so true, man. That's Ryan, so where can everyone follow you at? Our lead fantasy football writer and analyst right there, Ryan Hicks. Guys, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at RealRyanHicks. Uh, you can get on Facebook. I just made a page to where I'm going to post all of the articles that I do, and we're going to be sharing some posts that these guys are doing. Uh, honestly, guys, let's just let's get this going. We're, we're going to be giving you content. We're going to be giving you stuff to help you win leagues because that's what we're trying to do too. And that's what everybody is looking at this stuff for. Why would you come here if it's not going to help you win the league? We're going to help you win the league. We're going to help you get the trophy that you can order with the promo code belly up. You can get a free ring. So y'all seriously, the info's coming. Follow us all. We got a great team here. We're going to be doing some awesome stuff all through the summer. And then as soon as football season kicks off, we're going to kick it into overtime. Uh, we're about fantasy football right now, and it's basically season all year. So what are y'all doing if y'all aren't getting ready? Ryan, I love it, man. Tom Houston, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, for me, at least, y'all can follow me at, at Aggie Kappa Sig, all one word. The A, the K, and the S are all capitalized. Love my hometown. Love my brothers. Um he loves his bad Wi-Fi. Do what? He loves his bad Wi-Fi. College Station, Texas, baby. All we get is sudden link. It's a monopoly. Right, Ryan? You know. You remember back in our college days. Dude, it was bad. And for all of y'all that don't know, Ryan and I went to college together. We're fraternity brothers. Uh, he's, got a big, he's got a bigger pin than I do. So if I'm talking too much, he can tell me to shut up, and I won't have to. Uh, he can also tell me. Yeah, all day, every day, he can do me. He can do all that for me. So message him if y'all want me to be quiet. Probably won't unless he tells me to. Um, but there's a couple of things that I wanted to touch on real quick. Stats when you ships. 
We're going to have Greg Sussman from uh, from the fantasy community come here to close out everything. Everybody knows stats win shits. We're going to be about stats. So we're going to be about winning the season. You need to follow us for everything. Dynasty, redraft, guillotine, vampire leagues. We have everything that you need to know. Best ball. I mean, Houston is doing so much behind the scenes. Follow him. Follow us. Um, I just got into a league right now with John Bosch. If y'all don't know who that is, he's like Scott Fish, just a little bit less, kind of like me. (laughs) I love John, though. I'm in a crazy cool league with a celebrity that will be here as one of our guests in a couple weeks. Um, We love everybody in the fantasy community. Please follow us from Houston, Tom, Ryan, Chris, myself, Belly Up Sports. Thank you for viewing us. We love the support. Leave us comments. Uh, Also, if you're a writer and you think you have what it takes to be an analyst, come talk to Houston, myself, Ryan, or Tom. We'll get you on board with Belly Up if you want to plant your flag somewhere. We just got three new writers this week. Um, We're doing big things at Belly Up. We want to expand the community. So come on board and see what you can do with us. I mean, last year I was nothing but three fantasy league guy. Uh, Now I'm a senior analyst and I'm talking to Mike Clay next week with my guys. I mean, the dream is real. Take it. Let's go. Uh, Thank you for watching us. This was Belly Up Fantasy Live. I appreciate you guys. Love you. Be sure you tune in next week for Mike Clay. Yeah. Go. Big things happen in Belly Up Fantasy Live, guys. Be sure you tune in every week. We got things going here. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.